Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, you're just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I am your host, Ken Romeo, and that is an air horn, uh, a sound made by my co-host and co-coach, Mr. Turiago, who's just been dying to use that sound ever since I came to him with an idea for our podcast. Yes, we are finally here at NAQT. Uh, I, hope, I think that sound appropriately communicates my excitement. All right, uh, so, so we're, we're actually recording this intro on uh, Sunday night. So, so a- MSNCT has is over and done with. Congratulations to Hunter College High School on their middle school team uh, coming in first place for the first time, and uh, Coach Caitlin Samuel. Uh, we're going to break down their their weekend as well as the weekend of some other teams, but a very very impressive showing by Hunter this weekend. Absolutely, uh, really dominant performance. They started seven and zero. Uh, and I don't believe any previous team has ever won MSNCT uh, by having an undefeated day one. Uh, so. Well, yeah, we'll not sure about that. Actually, I think Barrington Station went undefeated. I, I saw on the NAQT Twitter that they tweeted about how there was a curse that no team had ever won. No, we can go back and look. I can guarantee you Barrington Station was 8-0. And, uh, well, and maybe their Twitter was a dirty liar. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, we, we actually have an interview that we want to throw to, um, an interview that we were very lucky to do on, uh, on Friday night before the tournament. Who, who did we get to interview? Today? So uh, Patrick Matthews, an NAQT member emeritus, one of the founding members of NAQT, was gracious enough to uh, to give us a couple minutes of his time, and he sat down with the two of us on Friday night. I wish I was something emeritus. And uh, we had the pleasure to talk to him about uh, about this uh, MSNCT, the card system, and uh, the changes to the level of question in the afternoons. Let's take a listen. So we are really pleased uh, to have with us on the, uh, I don't know if you'd call this a set, we're, we're in LEXB right now at, uh, the, uh, at the hotel where MSNCT is. Which is a nice big empty room where all the teams are scrimmaging, running around. Uh, it is the Friday of, uh, of Nationals, so teams have the chance to just play against any other random team. It's a, a, a kind of magical night where a team from New York could play a team from Washington or a team from Florida or a team from New Mexico. But, but we are really pleased to have with us uh, on For 10 Points, uh, NAQT member emeritus, uh, Patrick Matthews. Patrick, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Great. Thanks for having me. So, Patrick, uh, have you done every MSNCT from the beginning? No. No, I have not. Uh, I, I've not done every MSNCT. In fact, I, I was somewhat surprised to hear that that MSNCT had become a thing. Um, I I was one of the founding group of NAQT back in 1996, uh, but... Andrew, were you alive in 1996? I was three. Okay, just just making (laughs) sure. So um, you were in diapers. Go ahead. (laughs) But when, you know, but I had left the company not too long after after we had founded, and, uh, you know, when I left the company, we were just getting started on our high school program. And I don't think any of us in our wildest dreams thought that our middle school program would be where it is today. So the card system, the, the infamous card system, which is brilliant, by the way. I, I mean, I call it infamous only because I know how often people have to have it explained to them. Um, would you, would you mind explaining it one more time? Oh, p- please. Absolutely. So, so this way, anytime anyone asks you, you can just say, you know, there's there's a podcast you can listen to. And if you, 
go five, six minutes in, you, you'll hear it. So yes, please explain so, the card system. So what the card system is basically our own implementation of a somewhat traditional Swiss pairs uh, concept. So the, the whole idea behind the card system is we've got a whole bunch of teams way, way, way more teams than we could ever do a, a round robin or, or an effective... <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine 176 <laughs> round robin? <laughs> or, or, even, or even just breaking them up into like groups of eight or 12 or whatever and then doing a round robin and then trying to do a playoff concept. It, it, gets, it gets too difficult with a field of this size. Um, but Swiss Pairs is all about as early as possible identifying which teams seem to be performing similarly and getting them matched up. So with each subsequent round, uh, you should be playing teams that have a very similar record to you. So if, you've, if you won your first two games, we can guarantee you that in your third game you will play another team that is 2-0. And then after that game, one of you will be three and zero, and the other one will be two and one, and the three and zero team will likely be paired with another undefeated team, and and then you'll go on to play a, another two and one team. Uh, for the early rounds, we can we can pretty much guarantee uh, that those record ma uh, matches will be correct. As we get into later rounds, it gets more difficult. The the key is if your field size is more, it, it, if your field size is a power of two, then we can make it work. So if you have two to the end teams and each team plays end games, we can guarantee that every game will feature uh, teams with identical don't, records. Don't get too mathematical. Andrew's head might explode. I know. I know. <laughs> what I want to say is just uh, thank you for inventing the system or, or implementing the system for NAQT because I have the number three card over my desk ah. at school. And it, uh, it's always a great conversation point. So Ken, I think, is, uh, is still holding on to that oh, number I have one, the one card. Laminated. He has the number one <laughs> card. So this, this is the My number one. three card is, is also laminated. One. So, uh, so ju just to be clear, I did not invent the system. Mm -hmm. So um, the, I mean, Swiss, pair, Swiss pairs is an old, you know, method. It's been around for, for decades. Uh, the person who probably did the most to introduce this system to Quiz Bowl is uh, David Reinstein, who is a, a longtime Quiz Bowl coach and administrator from Illinois, and really terrific guy. Hmm. Um, NAQT borrowed his idea. Uh, he helped get it off the ground with, uh, you know, with NAQT's implementation of it. Uh, I have recently kind of taken over stewardship of operating the card system for NAQT events. So Well, I, I, I got to say, there's, it's great when you have two teams that are four and three with that last match. Fighting for the playoffs. I mean, it's, it, that's what it should be. Because the last thing you want is to be four and three. And according to the predetermined schedule, you walk into the room and there is Longfellow sitting across from you who's yeah. seven and oh, or, you know, or, or just the opposite. If you walk into the room and there's, you know, uh, Podunk D who's <laughs> always, I, I don't know. I don't know if I've heard of that team, Ken Podunk uh, D. Yeah. The, right. So, uh, yeah, know, I mean, it, it is possible that a four and three team could be matched up with a five and two or a three and four team mm -hmm. in, in their final match. And, and we, we try to avoid it, right. but it can't be avoided in, in all instances. I, I do remember the year, 
until we get to 256 teams because power of two. Right. <laughs> so, I, But I remember in 2016 running into Longfellow in round five or something like that, and Coach Wong was like, this is too early for us to be playing. But that's just how it was. Um, so, so you said you've been here for the past four years or so. Um, talk about some of the the best matches or teams or – you know, uh, moments that you've that you've seen at the tournament. Well, I, I think my my favorite match of all is is probably your favorite as well. Can the the twenty which, which match would that be? The, <laughs> <laughs> the twenty sixteen uh, final with uh, with Middlesex. Um, I mean the 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 moment that just stands out in in my memory, of course, is Maya nailing that Charlemagne buzz. Um, you know, I. I I don't know what it was like for you as a coach, because obviously that's a completely different experience. But as a spectator in the audience, the room was just electric. It, it, I mean, everything you described multiplied tenfold. Roll the clip. <laughs> uh, okay, so how about like some of the best teams that, that you've seen well, play? La- last year, I mean... Gosh, look at what Shiva was able to accomplish as a one-person team. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. If, I, I, and if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't have and, believed And it. I'll say last year's field was really heavy at the top, too, because you had him and Basis um, from California, uh, Midtown Classical with, uh, with Robert Muniz, um, Carson from Greens Farms. Yep. I mean, he ran the gamut. And he ran through those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really, really the, impressive. And then Carson, uh, you know, <laughs> Carson was definitely for real. He put on quite a show at, oh, at I, SSNCT last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, I, what did you call him, the, a juggernaut? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's not staying at Green's Farms, from what I understand. Uh, I think no, he's going no, he's, to he's, uh, uh, Andover. Andover Phillips Andover. And I'm sure... Knowing him, he'll start a team there, and he'll be back. Well, I'm pretty sure they have a team. Oh, really? Yeah. See, this shows how little I know about H- well, HSNCT and high school football. They may not be super active, but I think they've. At they will least, be next year. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think they've at least appeared a couple of mm-hmm. times. Yeah. What I always remember from that, uh, the final with with Shiva was uh, the fact that I had walked in, and, and it was it seemed like it was it was almost over. That's right, because we we were watching the third yeah. place game, rooting for Longfellow. Yep. Which I which they won, correct? Yes, they did. Yep. Uh, and I, we walked in and it seemed like it was a done deal. Uh, and you know, I think someone literally came walking down the aisle holding like an envelope, which was like the, the judge's decision on his three challenges. And all three of his challenges were upheld as, yeah, actually we were wrong. And Shiva was right. Uh, it was, (laughs) and then it came down to a bonus and he, or maybe this was like the, the, the previous round where there was a bonus. It was, uh, so, so he got all of the, the chance to answer all the toss ups and bonuses. Um, and you just saw the gap between the two teams just get smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, and then there was, uh, it was like, uh, for 10 points each answer these questions about, uh, Hamilton, uh, Alexander yeah. Hamilton and the room erupted. Same same thing as everyone in the room is is has maybe seen the musicals, sung the songs. Uh, it's just a topic that that Quizwell players love to love to race each other to. So I think he might have even said something like yes. <laughs> so what do you um, what do you expect to happen now that our playoff matches are 
changing from MSNCT level to IS level questions? Well, you know, I, I think teams that are relying on younger talent may have trouble scaling up to that. I mean, Sure, there are sixth graders out there who are able to compete on, oh, on high school. Aaron, Aaron Parsa can definitely compete. Right, but you know, I I think what you'll find is some some of those kids might have a challenge scaling up a little. I mean, it's it's just it's just different. You're you're not going to have a, quite as many buzzer races, um, and you know, what used to be the well, your bonus parts now the 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 hard part is going to seem super hard. Right, uh, and the medium part is is still going to be kind of challenging. So, you know, it's funny you said that you don't think that you'll see a lot of buzzer races. I don't think you will in the beginning of the question, but w- my fear is that the so much of the question is just going to go over players' heads, and they'll get to for ten points. Name, name this, this first American president. Well, well, yeah, that's, I don't know if it's that's that true. They'll be all but, over the giveaway. Right? Group. Yeah, for ten points, name this blah, 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 from Saskatchewan. Oh, it's Canada. Um, so I, I'm very curious to see how it'll turn out. Um, and I think one of the reasons why that decision was made was because it might have been uh, Coach Price from Barrington who on the forum said, you know, the past couple of years, there's a, a number of teams that, that could have, if you replay the tournament, you could get a different champion each time. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, if you replay the NCAA tournament, do you think Virginia wins every time? You know, right? If you re- replay the NFL season, do you think the the Patriots? Well, the Patriots probably win every time because they <laughs> cheat. But that's beside the point. Um, well, I mean, what you want is a you want a balance, right? So on on the one hand, you do want to allow the cream to rise to the top. On the other hand, if if games always went the way they are supposed to go then there wouldn't be a point in actually playing the games. Mm-hmm. Right. We, they, you would just mail whatever team statistically is in the lead, right, the trophy. Yeah, right, and right. So, save a lot of money on, yeah, on this so very nice hotel. I, I, think for the, I think for the playoffs, a step up in difficulty is appropriate because now we're, t- we're talking about I mean, MSNCT is already the class of the country. But when you get to the playoffs, we're talking about the class of the class of the country. So a step up in difficulty is appropriate. You know, how big should that step be? That you know, di- different people will have different opinions on that. Right, and I I think, you know, the statistics will bear this out on Sunday. Um, I worry about a, you know, a, a quarterfinal, a semifinal where the final score is two twenty to one seventy five. I mean, I I don't I don't think that's Fun to watch. I, I don't think that's necessarily even, you know, fun to coach too. If you know a third of the toss-ups are going dead or, or anything like that, and the, you know the bonus questions are, um, are are going dead. I I I'm I'm not sure. And I, I trust. I mean, the NAQT is such a great organization. I trust that they really took the time to edit the questions so that the answers are still gettable. You know, most of the most of the answers are within uh, middle school championship canon. Just the the clues in the beginning are really tough. So, I, I mean, you you guys have more than earned the benefit of the doubt. But, but I, I do, I'm I'm skeptical. Um, had I seen that you were going up to an ISA level 
I thought I would have thought, okay, that's that is good. You know, like let's let's see if we can bump it up a step. I guess I, I'm a little hesitant to say that that that's going to be appropriate, right. but well, I'm I'm I mean, hoping I'm hoping that you know it, it's good quiz bowl on Sunday, and I'm sure no matter what because it'll happen whether you're using difficult questions or you're using the the MSNCT questions. Uh, the whoever wins is a deserving champion because right. you, you could admit the the past uh, five six seven years the team that's won, you, you wouldn't look at them and be like, how did they win? They, they were all were Yeah, there have been none, none of the teams that have won, you know, clowned their way into it. Oh, they, yeah. they were all. Maybe hurt. some of the coaches clowned <laughs> their way into <laughs> well, it. Yeah, so I mean, so two, years ago, two years ago, the final is, is Mounds Park with, with Isaac a day and Aptakisic, who I had never heard of before. And, and Aptakisic wins, and I'm thinking – how how did how did this happen? But if you look at the games they played in the afternoon, they beat us. They beat Miami Valley with the Grogers. They beat uh, they beat Mounds Park two out of three times in the entire tournament. They were absolutely deserving. Just because I had never heard of them doesn't mean that they were they weren't deserving. Right. Well, you know? I mean they're in their in their local circuit they're dominant. Right. Um, you know, but. But there's no reason why you would have ever played them, because if I remember correctly, they're from Illinois. Right. right. It's not that I would play them, but you know, I I do research a lot of the teams that come here, and I don't think I ever even had heard of them. <laughs> you know, so that's that's what it was, and so now, I mean, as I as I arrived here, I saw Barry Love, and you know, we. <laughs> exchange pleasantries and everything and now I'm very familiar with them and them with us and everything um, and it would not surprise me if they win again this year I think they're that good uh, but um, but uh, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes how it goes on Sunday yeah I'm, I'm optimistic mean, yeah well yeah so we'll we'll see how it goes and you know might it be possible that next year the, they'll pitch the difficulty more at ISA. Well, who knows? It, I mean, if it, if it's a big struggle this year, then that may be what happens. But also, I, I expect, however it goes, that the top teams will be making adjustments. Oh, absolutely, on, on their end. And and you know, shame on me for not noticing this until recently because the post was made in November. But as soon as I saw that, I went and uh, I bought practice Ken, material. Ken was in a panic. I can yeah. confirm. So I, I saw Ken in, in one of his second very mortgage rare... on my house. I bought as much practice <laughs> material as and, I could. And by the way, a, a lot of the top middle school teams are routinely playing in high school tournaments, oh, which use right. IS packets. Well, I, I mean, we we play ISA, but now I, I will definitely look for IS tournaments, even if that means we you know, get our butts handed to uh, us. Actually, Ken, uh, I think it's an interesting wrinkle that Barbara has been reading IS questions all year. This is, this is of why her she own is, accord. This is, she's the brains and, of our And operation. some kids have been like, ah, oh, the questions in the morning are pretty tough. They're, they're really kind of too hard. And, uh, when you know it, something like this comes up. Right. Well, Patrick, we really, really appreciate you spending some time talking, uh, talking about, all of our passion uh, and uh, hope to walk into a room. And w which room are you reading in tomorrow? Do you know? Uh, I do not have my assignment. Okay. Well, yet. hope to see you tomorrow and, and, uh, and late in the day on Sunday. Hmm. Alrighty. And, and actually I, I did a little mental calculation and I, I, if I've done my math correctly, it is 30 years uh, since I first picked up a buzzer roughly. Hmm. I, I started playing in, in high school in 89. 
So. Where were you in 1989, Andrew? <laughs> uh, a twinkle in my father's eye. <laughs> and I was seven. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. So uh, we went back and we looked at previous MSNCTs, and we went back and we looked at uh, Twitter. And so a couple of things. One, Andrew, you are absolutely right that and NAQ- NAQ, they did tweet that. They right. tweeted that uh, no team that ever went 8-0 had, had won MSNCT can accept which is true except for 2011 when keeling won 2012 when keeling won 2013 when barrington station won uh 2000 um 14 when harmony 14 won. when harmony won so four years in a row and then last year uh now i guess the pioneers didn't win uh they, they were beaten by midtown classical um mm. at the end in the last round but but it did happen eight no is the right it did happen four years in a row so just it hasn't happened since 2014 so maybe uh maybe that was the the point that that naqt uh, was trying to make confirmed if you if you want to win msnct uh starting eight and oh is a good way to to advantage yourself (laughs) well it's better than starting oh and eight or four and four um all right so you heard in the interview we were talking about the the Difficulty of the questions. They and, were difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so my my biggest fear was that there were going to be a lot of buzzer races towards the end of questions. And there were, but there should be buzzer races in questions in a quiz bowl tournament when you have some of the best teams in the country. Everyone loves a good buzzer race, Ken. So, it, 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 you know, you're never going to be able to completely eliminate that. But, but what NAQT wanted to eliminate was buzzer races in the first clue of a question. Um, and I think they effectively did that. There, there were plenty of powers in the afternoon with the best teams, Hunter mm-hmm. and Churchill and Longfellow and Liberty. Also plenty of, of dead questions in the, the rounds leading up to that. Um, or questions that were dead almost up until the very end. Uh, science in particular, a lot of those questions were, were just tough, Ken. Right. Um, I, I, I would say that in the in uh, the overall sense, in the, the big picture perspective, I think this was successful. I think they, they did what they wanted to do yeah. with these tougher questions. And so it's on us as coaches to help our players get ready and scale up for this in the future. So I think And, and it, not forget that these questions are going to be ISA questions. Well, now how can I? I bought all that practice material. Okay, but, now we do. Now we've got it. Right. Um, so we have a lot of work to do, and I'm sure you know other coaches and players who were here um, who weren't from Hunter or named Jacob, uh, you know, realize that yes, there's a lot of work to do in order to uh, to get where you want to go next year, and that's fine. You know, when we talk to when I talk to a lot of the NAQT members about this decision, uh, it was pretty pretty unanimous that they all felt like they needed to do this, and they've needed to do this for a while. Hmm. And um, fine, this is this is what they did. I. I I really thought that it was it was fair. Uh, it was very well done. The questions, as always, are very well written. And so now it's it's up to all of us to step up our games if we really want to uh, compete at the highest level. Makes perfect sense to me, Ken. Um, so speaking of competing at the highest level, let's just do a little bit of a recap of this weekend's events. Sounds good. Um, so let's let's start 
in the in the finals, the finals featured uh, Hunter from New York City versus uh, Churchill from California. Classic East versus West, East Coast, mm-hmm. West Coast game. Um, this was actually the second time that they had met in the tournaments because Churchill uh, had been undefeated in the playoffs um, and had had that perfect seat where um, they were playing the four card. They were playing Hunter as the four card. And if they won, they were in the finals with an advantage final. If they lost, they were still in the finals. They just, you know, didn't have the advantage at that point. And I don't know if uh, the players took that and kind of dialed themselves back because Churchill, who had been so aggressive all tournament long, were just put on their heels by Hunter. Hunter powered a whole bunch of questions in that in that match and really kind of took it to him. Uh, the mat that match was over early, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Hunter defeats Hopkins in the in the fifth semifinal and that game really wasn't close and then in the finals that was a lot closer andrew and uh uh but hunter eventually answered the last question to to win it so hunter from new york you're national champions so uh, middlesex was here with with two teams and i'm very proud to say that our a team finished uh, tied for 13th we had um uh, four losses on the day, and uh, one of them was to Hunter, and two of them were to Churchill. The other one was to Smith A from North Carolina. Um, that was a close game. And, and you know what? But tip it cap. They, they, they played very well. We were, uh, we were up by 100 points after a couple of questions, and uh, they came all the way back to beat us. and uh, Really hit their stride. Um, but I'm, but I'm proud of our guys, uh, and how they finished up. We had a B team here also that finished three and five. And so Barbara and I were with the A team, Andrew, you and one of our other coaches, Lucy Berry, you were with the B team. Um, and so, so tell our listeners what it's like to be with a team that's not quite playoff caliber and, you know, like how do you keep them focused, mm-hmm. keep them from getting down? So uh, the B team ended up going three and five on the day. Um, so the the players in in some games did were just kind of outmatched. Uh, it, it was it was uh, tough to keep their spirits up in games like uh, one of the very first they played. Where uh, let me check my notes. They played against uh, Gwinnett A, North Gwinnett A from Georgia, uh, which is a very strong team. Uh, the final score was six hundred five to one fifty. Yeah, I think that's Scott Kim's team, and he's uh, he's quite a good coach. Yep. Uh, and one of the things that I just kept telling the the team over and over again was, uh, you really just need to be more aggressive. Um, uh, understanding, I think, that the team you're playing against is a little bit better than you, or more than a little bit better than you, uh, and that you need to take risks and you need to play in a way that gives you a chance to win, as opposed to losing less, uh, was a big thing for them. Um, it's easy enough to play for a game where uh, you end up being uh, you end up losing three hundred to two hundred, but if you want to go for that uh, ten or fifteen or twenty percent chance to win uh, with a, a close tight game, maybe you win three ten to two ninety uh, by playing really aggressively for the last eight or nine toss ups. Uh, it, it's tough to to have them shift gears and play that way. Uh, but but to their credit, there were games where. Uh, they were able to bring back uh, deficits at the halftime that were like 170 to 60 and bring them all the way up so that in the end it really was within their grasp uh, if the toss-ups just fell the right way. 
so I think that the B team did a fantastic job of uh, of keeping on their heels all day, um, staying alert, uh, winning the matches they were supposed to win, um, answering questions that they they knew for sure. Um, and uh, there were a couple strategies that I used, Ken, if you, if you don't mind me oh, going into uh, what I did with them. So uh, I, I tend to call timeouts pretty aggressively. Um, and there were actually a couple of times where we were with the A team and, and I wanted to call a timeout. You uh, could have. Because uh, you I, might have had a job when you came back, but yeah, you could have. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I try not to step on Ken's toes. Uh, I, I like to call timeouts when the other team gets a, anything like resembling a stride, uh, when they get. Four questions in a row. I've usually called a timeout at that point, uh, and I'll walk over to my team and quietly explain. Uh, I'm just icing them, so you know. That's so I, I do want you to finish, but the reason why I didn't do that was because there, the questions that were being answered weren't things that I, I really thought our players knew, mm-hmm. and you know they they just need to we just need to slow them down and. You know, you just need to focus. I'm like, no, the other team just legitimately knew things that we didn't know, and there's, there's, unheard know. of, Ken. <laughs> so there, there's no way a 30 second break in action is going to keep them from knowing things that that mm-hmm. we know. So that is why I didn't call a timeout. Uh, I mean, obviously we didn't we didn't win that game against Smith, and so looking back, yeah, maybe I should have because. Changing the outcome could only have been better for us, but but that's why I didn't. But yep, keep going. Well, well, down in the um, the semi major leagues, uh, I find that my 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 tactics work a little bit more effectively, uh, and um, there were more than a couple times where uh, the other team got something like a rhythm. I would call a timeout. Uh, they would kind of look at each other. Is he really calling a timeout on question number seven? And uh, I would talk to my team and say, we just need to play a little more aggressively. I've, I did feel like I was saying that a lot, but I, I thought it was true. Um, and uh, often we'd be able to get the next couple questions just because it, it, it kind of is like starting over with a new packet. Uh, and one of the things I actually did for my team at one point, um, it was toss of 15. We had around four minutes left in the, in the round. Um, and we were down by something like 150. And I, I told the team that the only way that they were going to win that round was if they uh, tore the sheet that they were currently taking notes out of their notebook, which they all did uh, kind of gleefully. Um, and they flipped to a brand new fresh page and they, they told their team and they looked at each other and they said, we're, we're starting a new mini game of five questions. And the goal is to get 150 points in five questions. And can we do it? And they kind of, I saw a little bit of the weight leave their shoulders of, of them thinking uh, they're at 350 and we're at 200, right? There's a lot of psychic weight there of, of those two numbers that are so far apart from each other. But instead of just thinking of it as a game where, okay, we have five questions and we need to get 150 points. That's tough, but that's not impossible. Right. Right. Um, I, I kind of neglected to mention that there's going to be an opponent who's playing against you and also trying to do the same thing. Um, and so I think they ended up getting um, something like 90 points in that last five questions where the other team got another 60 points. Right. Um, but it was still better than they were playing the, the rest of the match. And I, I, I uh, 
I think that it was a good coaching decision to, to stop and, and have them reframe the way that they were thinking about the match because um, often if you, if you stop and think and uh, you were to just start the match from a certain way, like even the, the game we played against Smith, if they had stopped and, and said something like, well, this is a game where they're up 40 points and we have three questions left, right? Uh, they can kind of think about that game in a way that's like, well, that's not too tough. We've won games like that before. But if they're thinking about it with all of the past uh, baggage and history of, you know, we were up 100 points on question number five, and then they came back, they came roaring back, and they've got the last seven toss-ups, that, that's a really difficult thing to overcome, the, the weight of, of the history of the match. So if they can kind of stop and say, look at what the actual problem is, which is that they're up by 50 and you have three points left, that becomes a much more solvable problem. It's kind of like uh, in math, where you reduce a. This is a previously solved problem. Yes, that's the that's the joke, right? Yeah, well, we, we call it lighting the dumpster on fire, and there's a there's a joke that goes with that. <clears throat> but yeah, you just want to turn it into a problem that you've already yeah. solved. Yeah. So, uh, if you were here, and uh, we we hope you had a great time um, because it's such a well run tournament. It's um, it really is a pleasure to, to come here and play and, and meet new coaches and players and uh, the, the, the respect the teams have for each other. You win or lose, you know, you, you, you see them later in the day and you just want to go and say, hey, how you doing? And like, mm -hmm. how, how's it been going for the day and stuff like that? And uh, it's, it's it, I, I hope you're here. And if not, I hope you're listening and, and you're, you're building a program and one day want to come here too. You know, Middlesex has has had a lot of success here, and so we, we do have very high standards uh, for ourselves. Um, and uh, so, we, you know, when we have a team that goes three and five, I, the, the kids kind of feel a little down on themselves, but, you know, there are other teams in the country that they're going back and they're like, we won three games. We played eight games against the best teams in the country, and we won three of them. Mm-hmm. You, you, sometimes you lose perspective because think about what it took to get here. You had to <clears throat> be good enough in one of these regional tournaments. And now you're playing against everybody that's done well at regional tournaments. And you you won three of those games. And um, so, as I said, like uh, having had success here before, sometimes we lose a little, little bit of that perspective. Definitely, Ken. Um, and uh, the highlight of my weekend uh, was definitely the uh, the rounds afterwards so you can just play ad hoc games on sunday if you didn't make the, the playoffs uh and our our b team played a couple ad hoc games and one of those ad hoc games ken uh was uh the parents versus the b team which was a, a fantastic game and uh how the uh, parents do oh we the i was on the parent team and we crushed them ken <laughs> uh uh, we had, uh, you just got eliminated and your spirits are crushed too <laughs> and your parents beat you um uh, it's uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was actually a pretty close game. It ended up being something like two twenty to one fifty. And now uh, you're going to fly back to Connecticut and f catch up on all the homework that you missed. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was at least one question where it was um, the answer was like a location, uh, a, a vacation spot that the the parents and the kids had gone to together. It was like some place where they had gone skiing a couple of years in a row, and the mom buzzed in and got it on the like the fourth word. 
I'm guessing because the kid, when they were on vacation, was probably just on her phone the whole time. That's just my guess. <laughs> I think it was that the parent uh, had like done all the research into the vacation and, and paid for it. <laughs> so that, that kind of makes it stick a little bit more in your mind. That's true. Than, That's true. Uh, just being like, where are we going, Mom? All right. So uh, another MSNCT in the books. And once again, congratulations to Hunter. Uh, Caitlin Samuel, the coach from Hunter, is a fellow Bucknellian, Ray Bucknell. Um, and uh, it's you know, a team that we've played numerous times over the years uh, up in Connecticut. And so we are very, very happy for our friends and neighbors in New York City uh, who are national champs. We're glad that the trophy, although it was disassembled, hopefully it made it back in uh, in several pieces and then put back into one piece uh, in, in New York and in the in Northeast, Northeast where it should be. Um, when I was talking to Caitlin afterwards, she had a couple of the parts of the trophy that were just like the, you know, the extending platform mm-hmm. things. And I remembered a sign as we were getting onto the airplane in White Plains that said, you know, no weapons, no this, no that, no club-like items. And I said, uh, Caitlin, that might be a club-like item. I don't know if they're going to let you on the plane with that. So hopefully it makes it back. And if it's not, Caitlin said, well, we're just going to have a shorter trophy then. And I think they'll be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, so another one in the books, uh, what did we learn? How are we going to adjust what we do going forward? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mr. T, what do you think? What do you I'll think we're going to do differently? That, uh, I think any team that wants to be competitive at, at, uh, MSNCT, any team that wants to, uh, have a good time at MSNCT is going to need to start to read ISA questions. Uh, if their sales of ISA questions were flagging in any way, they will not be after this tournament. Uh, do you mean ISA or do you mean IS? Uh, both, really. All yeah, right. Both. So, so, so ISA I, is kind of like the stepping stone between middle school and high school questions. Right. Uh, and it would it would honestly be very difficult for any competitor who was used to um, middle school level questions to immediately just jump to IS questions. It's kind of like the uh, the booster shot of uh, of getting them there. Um, And so I expect a a lot of ISA questions and a lot of IS packets will be purchased and studied. And uh, the the middle school canon after this tournament got a little bit bigger again. Yes. And, um, you know, maybe some of my sixth and seventh graders are listening because I'm going to be telling them next week when we get back. Um, There is a lot lot of work to do on their part. And it's not something that we expect them to know right away. That's impossible. But... You know that we've been put on notice. We have some time, and for our sixth graders, and I, I'm happy we have some really good sixth graders. Um, they they have work to do over the next two years, and so next year would be nice. However far our our run goes on Sunday, if it goes to Sunday, hopefully it does. But two years from now is is going to be our target. We have two years to to scale up and be as good as. Uh, Jacob and Hunter was and uh, and be as good as Churchill was today. Mm-hmm. I think other other takeaways from uh, nationals are just that um, they might have made changes to it, like like changing to this uh, this high school level packets. But uh, it's always a positive experience. The, the kids had a blast, uh, regardless, and uh, it is something that is still kind of the the crowning moment of achievement for the year of any quizable player. Well, if you do want to get a little bit better at, uh, at quiz bowl and start to power questions, it might be a good idea to take some notes as we do this episode's buzz phrase. Nice.
The guys at For 10 Points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the Scop Novice 2018 Round 8 Toss-Up Number 12. This leader introduced the Four Pests campaign, which was reformed after the mass killing of sparrows ruined rice production. Backyard steel mills were encouraged by this man's great leap forward. The question goes on to mention the Little Red Book and ask for a former chairman of China that proposed the Great Leap Forward. There should be a buzzer race when we reach Great Leap Forward, but the real buzz phrase here is the Four Pest Campaign. The Four Pest Campaign was one of the ideas that was included in Mao Zedong's Great Leap Forward. This is one of the greatest examples of political leaders creating dumb policies without any consideration of unintended consequences. The four pests Mao hoped to eradicate were mosquitoes to prevent malaria, flies because there were simply too many of them, rats because they wanted to prevent plague, and sparrows because they eat crops and seeds. In 1958, Mao introduced the four pest campaign and enlisted the help of citizen and soldier alike to help the cause. Contests were held in communities and schools to see who could turn in the most rat tails and dead pests. In order to kill the sparrows, one of the most effective methods was for citizens to take to the streets with pots and pans if they hadn't thrown them into the backyard steel mill, more on that later, and bang them together to scare away the unsuspecting sparrows. Because the sparrows would be spooked no matter where they attempted to land and rest, they continued flying around until they simply fell from the sky and died from exhaustion. Sparrows found some refuge in the Polish embassy as the Poles refused to comply with the campaign. So the Chinese surrounded the embassy with drums and played repeatedly for two straight days. It has been said that the workers at the embassy had to use shovels to remove the multitude of dead sparrows. The sparrow population was on the brink of extinction. Mao must have been thrilled to have nearly eliminated the, quote, public enemy of capitalism. But those pesky sparrows were out of the way, the locust population skyrocketed. Who could see that coming? Locusts swarmed the country and devastated the rice crop, one of the leading contributors to the Great Chinese Famine. The aforementioned backyard steel mills were another one of Mao's brilliant ideas in the Great Leap Forward. Mao forced peasants to produce steel from any scrap of metal they could find, sometimes using useful household items like their pots and pans. Workers of all types lost productive hours trying to produce steel. In order to heat the furnaces to make the steel, China underwent massive deforestation, another factor leading to famine. Ultimately, this incredible undertaking produced massive amounts of low-quality, economically worthless pig iron. So if you hear a question that refers to the four pest campaigns or the Great Sparrow campaign and they are looking for a who, you can rejoice by banging on pots, or maybe just buzz in and say Mao. So, Ken, we should probably wrap this up before uh, people start adding uh, adding, and calling us the, the six pests, plus us two. That's the best you got? That's the best I got. <laughs> uh, so that, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> 
You're up till two thirty in the morning, and that's the best you got. Uh, I was up till three thirty in the morning. All right, have you know? I was banging on pots all night, <laughs> trying so, to think of something. So, uh, as the season has come to an end for a lot of teams, maybe you might be looking to do some work over the summer. I know that there are some summer camps around the country. I know Ace runs a, a quiz bowl camp. There's one down in Texas run by. Uh, the Texas Quiz Bowl Alliance. Uh, Andrew, you might be making an appearance at one. Yeah, there's a there's a if you look up on uh, uh, quizbowl.com, q w i z b o w l dot com. Uh, they have a, a camp they're running in uh, in Chestertown, Maryland, out of Washington College uh, from June 23rd to 29th, and uh, I'm hoping I can make an appearance there. Um, I think uh, they have a good solid program there, and uh, uh, I know that. Working over the summer and, and getting to play rounds every day, getting to make a lot of new friends is something that uh, uh, will really make any Quizzable player a lot stronger. So. And uh, you know that that's our goal. Yeah. All right. So uh, thank you once again for listening to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quizzable related, whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve. Hopefully, we have helped you get better. I'm Andrew Turiago, signing off for Ken Romeo. We will see you all next time.